Today's Christmas. With us today is Governor David Patterson, and uh, he's one guy with a lot of common sense and and uh, was respected by Republicans and Democrats. Uh, Governor Patterson, what are you doing this uh, beautiful uh, uh, snowy day or cold day, whatever you want to call it? We're going to stay at home, and uh, my son is going to come over. My daughter lives way up in Westchester, so we're going to take care of her in the new year because her son will turn one, and so we'll have a party for him. But we're just going to kind of sit around. Of course, we went away during um, during Thanksgiving, uh, uh, which one of our colleagues, Lydia, uh, uh, Lydia Serrani, thought that I came back with a tan. But no, you don't come back from a tan when you go to Lake George. So I'm, I'm staying right here. Albany is rather quiet, except everybody decided to come back to work uh, to give themselves a pay raise. Well, the pay raise would have to be passed before January 1st this year, or they would have to wait until the, what would be the, 19, the 2025 and 26 period to give themselves a pay raise. So they had to do it by the end of this year. And this is kind of a standard issue. This is usually when it's voted in. And the public doesn't know that much about it because they're celebrating Christmas and Hanukkah and New Year's and Kwanzaa and any other distraction that the holidays uh, provide. But this particular pay raise passage is very interesting because Governor Hochul said last week that she was against any tax uh, increases for the wealthy or mostly anybody else. She said she passed some tax cuts. Why would she turn around and uh, grant that? continuous taxation of people who have options and can move out of this state. It's a very good statement, and it's reflective of who I think we're going to get as governor as opposed to who became governor but then had to run for the office. Now, what she could have done, and the Post said that she failed to attach the pay raise to bail reform and failed to uh, you know, attach it to um, some other things that, that could have happened, <clears throat> but I think after she made the statement about the taxes, there was a strong rumor that she was going to do that. So sometimes when you're in government and you're trying to get things done, uh, just getting into an outright fight with your adversaries isn't the way. What you do is the shot across the bow. And I think this is the shot across the bow. And I would suggest to anybody who thinks that she was afraid to do it, that she will not be afraid once they get into legis uh, legislative session because the legislature meet, needs the governor more than the governor needs the legislature. And they're going to find that out. The legislature, that's an interesting statement. The legislature needs the governor more than the governor needs the legislature. The that's problem, an interesting. The Tell problem us with, about that. The problem with me, John, is it took me about two years to figure that out. <laughs> My God. There was other rumors around that, uh, that she wanted some bail reform on condition that she goes for the... Uh, uh, for the uh, uh, right. I would not be surprised if those rumors were started by very people very sympathetic to her uh, because the legislature, after they heard what she said about the taxes last week, hearing this would be a whole lot more believable <clears throat> than if she hadn't gone on the record herself about taxes. So I think that they will get the uh, well, they've gotten the pay raise basically by now. And what I would say is that they'll be very happy <clears throat> that she didn't do what she could have done. And I think that will help them be more favorable to some of the things she wants to do in the future because she's not running for re-election for another four years. They are running in the next two years, and also 
they have to be accountable. And they saw what happened to some of the congressional representatives that thought that they could ignore the crime issue. On uh, Thursday afternoon, they appointed a new uh, uh, chief justice. Do you know that person at all? I've met him. His name is Hector LaSalle. He's always been quite a gentleman when I've seen have seen him. But, you know, in life, the less you see judges, the better off you are. So I can only say that the commission that recommended Senate seven candidates to become the chief judge, that uh, commission named him as one of the seven candidates and Governor Hochul took him. There were some strong objections, some of them which I think went over the line, John, by those who felt that uh, the commission snubbed a lot of the African-American and Hispanic judges who had served with honor and with valor. And also they felt that, um, that the commission had an agenda of its own and that the person at the, behind the commission was the former chief judge, Janet DeFiori. And they had some real problems with her. And they wrote some letters to the governor. And, um, and the governor really, this is very interesting, in 2008, the commission, I believe, thought that I was going to appoint a judge named uh, Carmen Saperic, that I was going to make her the chief judge upon the retirement of Judge Judith Kay. Because they thought I was going to do that, they left her off of the list of seven. And the, the attorney general, Andrew Cuomo, and I had a press conference where we blasted the uh, commission for not putting this judge who had served a long time and was really... Uh, Judge Judith Kaye's partner on on the Court of Appeals, and then uh, Attorney General Cuomo issued a an advisory opinion to me that I should pick from the seven judges that the commission offered. So I picked uh, Judge Jonathan Littman. But that is an issue that's never been Judge Jonathan Littman. He's the judge that's shutting down Rikers Island. Yeah. Uh, yes. He, he, he was there at that particular time. I don't time. think that's very smart. And what do you think these days? Well, I think... Now that it's all done, I mean, uh, I think there's rumors around that that uh, uh, Eric Adams wants to walk back the shutting down of, of Rikers Island. Is that possible? I think it's very possible because if you're going to have stronger police presences which the governor and the mayor both say there's going to be, then obviously more people are going to be arrested. You could probably fill the place up just on the people who jump the turnstiles on the subway these days, and that would call for more spaces, and it would almost, it would almost compel the authorities to reopen Rikers Island. That's pretty, uh, well, pretty tough stuff, but that's what... So even though happen. this is a slow week, and a slow weekend... We have a new uh, appeals judge, it looks like. Uh, we have pay raises, it looks like. We don't know if anything's going on with the bill law. I don't know if, if the governor is going to hold back actually signing the bill until the last minute. No, she, well... Did she sign it? Would she, you think? I believe, is going to sign it. I, I think if she was going to stop it, then all she had to do was make a statement that she wouldn't sign it. Because if she vetoes it, they didn't have time to come back and try to override her veto. So I think she'll sign it. I don't think she played any games with this. But I do think that she is flicking the jabs that a good fighter always learned. You win fights with the jabs. But when it comes time, 
if she doesn't get the cooperation she thinks she should get, they might be very surprised. I had this problem with the legislature back in 2010. I told them they couldn't have their discretionary member items unless they passed the budget and, and balanced the budget. They came with their 500, within $500 million of balancing the budget and said, that's close enough. Sign it. I said to them, we are not playing horseshoes. Either you close that $500 million budget gap, which isn't that much, but they wouldn't do it. So what I did was I vetoed all of the discretionary member items, and then uh, they sent the bills to me, and they sent them uh, in boxes and said that I had an auto pen that was going to sign it. And to show them that I didn't need an auto pen, I sat there for eight and a half hours and signed every veto. And I don't think the legislature ever forgot it. And the governor who took my place, Andrew Cuomo, didn't allow them to have member items. And so they killed their own member items trying to push a governor around once too often. You're my hero. <laughs> You're you. my hero. I think you did the right thing. Well, I must say, Governor Cuomo now, uh, now we sustained need it. She, he, he didn't back down and, and let him have it again. And uh, there are wonderful ways to give small community-based organizations help, but it started to get uh, a little murky the way was it was it a mistake? Done. Was it a mistake for Governor Cuomo to, to, uh, to actually get rid of the uh, independent Democrats' uh, Senate? I don't think that he did it. I think that he actually worked pretty well with them. I think what happened was in 2018, the Democrats, and it was kind of a reaction to President Trump's victory in New York two years later, they uh, accumulated veto-proof majorities in both houses, and then they came after the independent Democrats. One of them, who was a really great legislator, Senator Diane Savino, is now going to work with yeah. uh, Mayor Eric Adams, and she'll be, she'll be terrific there. Very great lady. And, um, and I actually was the one that talked her into running for office. So, John, here on Christmas, that's my Christmas present to myself that I get to say that. God bless you. Thank you, uh, Governor Patterson. Merry Christmas. Enjoy this uh, great weekend. Merry Christmas to all the listeners and to you, John, and your family. Thank you so much.